Cascadia and the edge of the world, Euphomet presents Night Drift with Jim Perry. Good evening, I'm Jim Perry, and you are listening to Night Drift, presented by Euphomet. Coming to you tonight from my home studio in the hinterlands of the Oregon coast to the mothership, Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, KKNW in Seattle and streaming worldwide at nightdrift.com. Thank you for listening. Tonight, Joshua Lewis will share his research and discuss how he uses a combination of intuitive abilities and the latest technologies available to capture evidence of what he believes could be the afterlife and communicate with spirits. You can call the program tonight, 888-298-5569. I appreciate all the emails and DMs. You know, you're sharing stories. You're remarking on guests. You're talking about music and starting podcasts. It's brilliant connecting with you. Do you want to share your story? You can email me at jim at euphemet.com and use hashtag nightdrift on Twitter. You can also now send me a Vox. It's a voice message. Go to sayhi.chat slash euphemet or find the link in the show notes if you're listening to this as a podcast. I'm Jim Perry, and this is Nightdrift. We'll be right back after this. with Jim Perry on Spotify and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to receive new episodes of Night Drift automatically and gain access to all of our past episodes.
You're listening to Night Drift with Jim Perry on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, KKNW, Seattle. Now, here again is Jim. Last night, me and the girl took a long drive to chase that big orange moon in the night sky. Cruising down a rural highway, it slipped between two hillsides, revealing bouncing neon carnival lights from a nearby fairground. Purples and reds, the cows stood in vigil, almost as if what they were seeing was from the stars. That moon was fantastic. I'm Jim Perry. Welcome back to Night Drift. I hope you had an experience like that with the moon over the last few days as well. I know there's cosmically something to it. Maybe someone would like to email me and let me know what it is because I felt it. And we're about to dive into a fascinating chat about the afterlife, ITC devices, and spirit communication. But first, let me say thanks for listening to the new episode of Euphemet. We sort of dropped it as a surprise without an exact date, and I couldn't be more excited for you to hear it. And I appreciate Zeeshan for sharing his story. And what ways does it resonate with you? You can reach out and let me know at jim at euphemet.com and look for another new feature in the coming weeks. You can also send me something called a Vox. It's a voice message, but it's as long as 15 minutes, so you can share an entire story. And I'd love to start integrating messages like that into Night Drift and into Euphemet. So send a Vox, just go to sayhi.chat slash Euphemet. It's a total experiment. It might not be anything at all, but, you know, hey, let's experiment together. Now for tonight, Joshua Lewis, someone with a troubled past, struggled to understand the world around him and his purpose within it. Following a simple spiritual path, he would come to understand his purpose in a very profound way. In 2012, his intuitive nature drew him to seek the truth regarding paranormal events and the existence of an afterlife. What he got was way more than he bargained for. As his initiative abilities developed, I'm sorry, as his intuitive abilities developed, he discovered he was able to communicate with souls on the other side. With his new group, Hope, Helpers of Paranormal Entities, and his intuitive ability, he dedicated his time to helping stuck spirits cross over, as well as grieving people looking for closure. Using a wide array of technological devices combined with intuitive means, Josh believes he has been able to successfully reconnect many people with their deceased loved ones. In addition to his work and research into the afterlife, Josh is a devoted father and an owner of a successful hookah bar, cafe, and filmmaker. Joshua, thank you so much for coming on to Night Drift tonight. Thank you, Jim. Can you hear Josh, me okay? Very much so. You sound great. Okay. Where, where are you coming to us from tonight? I'm in South Florida. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, how is that moon out there? Oof. I, um, normally I'm, I'm taking pictures of it through my telescope. Um, yeah. I've been Orion 500 and it's really cool. And, um, but uh, I haven't seen it. We've had a lot of clouds, a lot of rain the last couple of days. So. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm yeah. sorry about that. Sorry That's to be right. a braggart. Uh, just no, try, to, try cool. to catch it. Uh, listen, uh, I want to explore your journey to this very point, right? But mm -hmm. let's, you know, f for the sake of just kickstarting this conversation, let's jump right into the deep end first. Are you game? Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm wherever you want to go. Can you describe what happens when a spirit is stuck? Well, I think the stuck aspect is you know it's more of an emotional mental stuck um yeah. it may feel like it's it's a you know it's really about darkness and light in the sense of like i hear that the spirits when they say that they're uh, they would like help or that they're um you know wanting to talk or or feel like that you know they could use prayer or whatever they'll just ask for the light they'll ask for more light and it's not just the light maybe in the tunnel to heaven it's more that you know we all receive light from the source whether we are you know christian jewish buddhist atheist i mean it you know we still receive light um and you know and it's how we live you know so you know people that are working on themselves, trying to be less selfish, trying to be less judgmental, trying to be kind. Um, you know, those you know, people that are living their lives like that are going to have more light in their life. They're going to, oh, you, know, you could yes. say yeah. to some, you know, that guy's just, you know, that guy's got a lot of like, 
you know, he's so light filled, like, or, you know, I feel good when I'm around that person, you know, because they have, um, you know, the, the energy that we're, we're seeking. And when someone's not living good, they're living in lies or they're, you know, being malicious to people, uh, they're in darkness. Now that state of mind transcends right over to the other side when you die. So Mm. it's not like, um, you know, belief is, is big. I, you know, I, it's important to have a belief in something, but it's, it's important to believe in something as a higher power. It could be, um, just the source of creation. You can call it, you know, the unmanifested divine mother, father, you know, energy everywhere and in everything that, you know, or it could be an avatar in the sense of like a, a Krishna, a Jesus, a Buddha, um, and, and, and that can help um, connect you to the source. And um, so, you know, again, that, that's, that's what will help. So when a soul, you know, I, I get a wide range of, of responses through my intuitive and ITC work. And I get spirits that, you know, I get people that died in a, uh, not in a great state of mind. They might have mm. committed suicide. They might have, um, uh, died of an overdose but, but by accident um, or maybe sudden in a, in a, in a wreck, um, things like mm-hmm. that, murdered people in high, high stress, high trauma. And, and so they might have some, um, some blocks on the other side for them that they might have to work through. Mm. Um, but, um, you know, anyway, people that died that lived a good life and lived a long life. Every time I check with them, and I ask about them. They're like, you know, it's awesome. It's amazing. There's light. There's God. There's they talk about Jesus. They talk about God. They say angels. They say their other loved ones. They talk about all kinds of things that are positive and beautiful. Mm. In addition to, you know, them having interpretations or, or them bringing back this message of, of God or angels or, or these things, uh, have you found a, a space where others that, that maybe aren't from a, you know, sort of a Christian or Judeo-Christian background are saying, you know, uh, there's light, there's there's other things yeah, that are Yeah, it's positive. not about, yeah, it's not about religion. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's uh, people have religion, you know, religion is, is uh the core of it, the principles are to help uh, guide you back to the source. And, and, you know, it gets mucked up with a lot of, um, you know, dogmatic things and all kinds of stuff that, you know, it's just, it's, you know, it's a, it's a problem and it it actually becomes a big, um, you know, block for people. But so a trigger too, which has been interesting, Josh, because I have you on at a time when, uh, some guests have come onto the program and from various different belief systems, right? The show is very eclectic, but I have been getting messages from some folks that are completely triggered by just anyone even mentioning God or Jesus. And listen, this is coming from, I'm probably agnostic maybe, but I I love the interpretations and I love hearing from people with different belief systems, but I think you're framing this really importantly in terms of that. I am some, you know, sometimes we're, we're talking about the source here, whatever that means to you. Yeah, that's it. And that's the biggest thing that I say to people that are living and people that are on the other side. This isn't some like, you know, proselytizing type, you know, thing that I have to go on some missionary trip and 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 make sure convert people to believe in <laughs> Jesus Christ or whatever. I happen to right. believe in a in a very non-religious version of Christ. And I think he's just a groovy dude that I I love his principles and I'm grateful that I've mm. connected in some intuitive way, I feel, with yeah. him. But that is in no way, shape, a part of the Christian Catholic religion or anything to do with that. Now, I've heard many souls on the other side say they've they've met Shiva or they're around Shiva. They're around um, or they've I've, I've heard Buddha mentioned. I've heard. So, you know, the thing is, is that um, or just the word God, you know, and. and right even people that were not religious still get to the other side. And it seems like they know um, there's a, a a God presence that they still have not seen yet. It's what it's what they're expressing um, because of just, I guess where they're at yet. And, you know, right. um, it, I think really what I, I care about is the, is the science of God. 
Mm, mm -hmm. You know, I really like that idea. And the word God is just an, is just an annoying word in the sense that it, it is triggering for people. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I think it is. And so it's like, whatever word you want to say, you know, I, I follow like 12 step, you know, 12 step recovery stuff. And, and I, you know, I think it's, you know, there's a key to, to the, you know, to the 12 steps, even for people that never have touched alcohol or any other drugs or anything. I think that everyone could benefit from just checking out the 12 steps, but in them, they talk about um, a power greater than ourselves of our own understanding, a higher right. power. And I think that's a wonderful way because what the what the twelve step program is saying is that you have the right to find your own higher power. We don't have that. We're not telling you who it is should be. Um, it could be you know whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to say, whatever you know, because no one really knows. But um, I do know that there is a power greater than us. And um, I get a lot of loving, beautiful messages, and that has nothing to do with religion at all. That's it important. Sounds, it sounds like it's reflective of these experiences that people are bringing back to you. Man, thank you so much for just jumping directly into the weeds with me here. Yeah. Uh, I, I love it. I love it so much. Listen, I, you know, I, I think, you know, you, you brought up, you know, being familiar with uh, 12-step programs. Um, you know, and reading in your bio, you know, you have, you know, described as someone with potentially a troubled past. What were some of the, the, the struggles that you went through to get to where you are now? And how did that affect what you are doing now? Well, I mean, it's interesting. It's, it's, I mean, I, I, it's, it's all full disclosure with me. I don't have any aspect of my story that is hidden or that I hide or want to hide or anything. It's really quite um, graphic and raw at times. Mm. Um, it's, it's, it's very uh, visceral in a sense that it, you know, there's some uncomfortable things that I did or was involved in at times. And, you know, and I, I, I went to prison, I, I was addicted to drugs and alcohol um, at an early age, you know, young age, 14 um, and on until um, I, I caught um, a prison sentence. And, and that was for um, um, shooting, a drug dealer and a, mm. and a deal gone bad and then um, attempting to um, rob a another dealer about 30 you know 30 days after um, mm. a, a, during a hurricane and so this was at the height of my addiction and I, I was I was really just hopeless I mean I wanted to die and I yeah. was too too um, much of a coward to do it myself in a sense, you know, so it was, and I don't like saying that really, but the fact is, is that I just wanted to, um, not be here anymore. And, you know, I was, I was put in prison. It was kind of like a timeout and I could have been faced, I was facing life and I was given only like a little under three years. And, um, it was, it was, it saved my life. It saved my life. I got out with Mm. nothing. I had, uh, no place to live, no no job. I had a little help from my parents who were not going to let me move back in. So I had to go stay in like a little efficiency. And I just worked and I went to meetings and I did, um, I worked with other guys. You know, the way that I was able to not go back to anything that I that got me into trouble was to keep working with other people, people that were in similar positions to what I was in prior. So I was, mm. you know, guys that were facing time or guys that c- couldn't get sober yet. So now I was fresh out of the pen. I was, I had a lot of, I, had a, I found, you know, a, a, I found my spirituality in there. Um, and it wasn't like I found religion. I found my spirituality. I found my connection um, mm. to source. And so I kind of brought that out with me and I was sharing that with people. And I was using the 12 steps, of course, to help people. And I see people that were recovering from a seemingly hopeless state of mind. And um, so I got to say that that when I started getting into paranormal research and on a very novice level, amateur level there, I um, entry level stuff, you know, and and, and I, I realized that when I started to hear the words help me and, um, you know, light, need light, you know, and, and, you know, we're stuck or things like that, little phrases through these boxes and, and recorders. Uh, voice recorders I was using for EVP and, and I was just blown away. And, and, and I knew that, um, you know, what I had learned through the 12 steps through my connection was something that not only could help people that were living just the living, but I could also help 
people on the other side. And it was through prayer mostly, but, you know, prayer wow. and just talking. So that's, I think that's really wow. what was huge is that the 12 steps are, are you know, the, you know, the 12 steps, I hate to keep talking about the 12 steps, but like the no, fact is, is that, is that they're really just a very pure, simple system to clean yourself out so that you mm. don't have any of the attachments and the BS that can keep you or ever, you know, keep you stuck either in this life or in the afterlife. Wow. So yeah, it's like, it's kind of like, yeah, I know it's weird. That's like the secrets of life is hidden in the 12 steps. I know. And one of this, I don't know. That's just one of ways I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's but I've never heard of that before. And I don't think anyone is approaching it that way. And listen, you're, you're right for, for whatever folks may say, about ITC devices, which perhaps you can describe to our audience. Sure. Uh, I, I'm sure most of them know what we're talking about, but describe some of the spirit communication technology. Uh, lots of people listening to this program are very familiar with things like the Estes method um, and, oh, yeah. and spirit boxes. Yep, yep. Uh, so that'll be a good place to, to kick off. Um, but, but, you know, w- whether there is an aspect of pareidolia that occurs to us that experiment or work with those devices or not the, the, the frequency of those exact phrases that come out is startling. The help me I'm here, you know, these repeat phrases that you do hear come up. It, it, it's, it can't just be pareidolia. Well, I mean, we're Pat, I mean, okay. So that's the thing when you're first starting out and you've never done this before, um, PSB sevens and little voice recorders and things of that nature. Um, you know, the, you're just starting out, you're going to hear some very clear stuff, but you're going to hear things you're going to miss tag or miss, misunderstand, miss, you know, you're not going to discern properly. That's all part of the game. You know, there are some things you hear that you thought you heard and you're, you know, you don't, and it's not really there when you play it for someone else, as far as right. what they hear, right. That you know, the sound paradigm, like you talked about, but you know, that was like, you know, 10, I've been doing this almost 10 years now. And the, the, I've been doing it all every week, every, almost every day. I mean, it's like, I've, I've, I've done over 3000 paid sessions and readings for people up to to this point. And it's like, um, you know, I'm getting detailed information about, you know, from loved ones for, you know, for clients, for patrons, for followers, I'm getting information that's detailed um, before, you know, in cases before authorities are releasing the information. Um, so there's no way to get that kind of stuff. You know, it's it's just, there's undeniable proof. But some of the people will say, how do you hear what is coming out of that box? Mm-hmm. And if you don't put those tags there, we're not going to hear it. So what you're doing, some of the skeptics would say this. And I love going through the skeptics remarks because I think that those are really great to go at. See, the thing is that before I, I'm going to go off on a tangent here, but I don't, there's no part of my process or what I do that, that, that is veiled. Everything is transparent. I have no problem talking about it, doing it in front of people, wherever, whenever, in front of whomever, I don't care because everything I do is hundred percent real. And I have, I have no problem. So I'll talk to any skeptic. It's when I get the hate and the attacks and things I, I block and delete, but right. if there's someone is respectful and they're saying, listen, this is, this is, I just, I can't believe this, or I don't, or I don't hear what you're hearing or whatever. They bring up a valid point. I, I think it's great to talk about it. So, you know, the thing is when people say that about those captions, well, if you don't put the captions in your videos, how, you know, so this is just a bunch of googly gop and you put the words you know the words on it and then you know it's a suggestive kind of you know we're hearing what you're suggesting and so the other day i did is you know and this is and this happens all the time almost in every session where um someone will ask the loved one you know a validating question it's like an evidential medium you know we got to get something to prove that it is the person there's no real way we can actually really 100% definitively prove this is who we're bringing through the box. Right. But we ask validating questions, questions that only that person would know. The other day I had someone, I had a good friend of mine that was um, this beautiful woman, light, you know, just her light was just, she said this wonderful spirit. And, um, and she, and she had, she had cancer and she told, she called me 
And she said, Josh, I'm, I'm, I'm probably not going to make it. And, you know, I really would like for you to reach out to me after I die uh, for my family. And I said, of course I would, Kimberly. I absolutely would. And, um, and, and so she said, I'll tell my husband, you know, that, you know, if anything happens to me to, you know, contact you. So he contacted me a few weeks ago and he said, you know, Kimberly loved you and, and she passed and can you reach her? And oh, I said, of man. course. So, you know, I, I have this, this method, it's called the hope voice signature method. And what that is, is that I will take a person's voice, the actual voice through a voicemail or recording a, a, that, you know, whatever the person can provide me. And I will, um, I will reverse it and I will uh, slow it down to about like 60%. And then I will chop it up into two second, three, three second clips and randomly just misplace them all over the, and then put them in one single MP3 track. So what we have there is a wordless voice track of the person's voice. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just, it's all gibberish. So there's no word. And that way we have no false positives coming through. Um, it's either going to be, they're going to use it and it's going to be a, a, something we can understand, or it, it's going to be gibberish because they're not using it. Right. Sure. Um, and that happens a lot with people listening to spirit boxes and apps and other things is that has all these words in them. And so how do we know, I mean, unless we get a direct detailed reply, that's clear. How do we know what's coming from spirit and what's not? And plus this is a big problem with skeptics. They're like, that's all just gibberish and, or um, that's all just chatter from the radio or the app is preloaded with phrases and things. So, you know, this is a great technique, a great method. And, and so I took the woman's voice and I chopped it. I did, I did my thing, the hope voice signature method to it. And I piped it through my box, my speaker box with, with a reverb. Now reverb, with that sound creates a little bit of a um, a longer sound wave. Yeah, the spirit, sure. the spirit, the soul can take that raw sound and 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 form their own response with it. And I've been able to prove this time and time again. And I've worked with a couple institutes now with uh, with showing them uh, these um, this stuff. And anyway. Man. So I, so I do it and, and, um, and he wants to know, so he gets some wonderful, um, he has some questions for me to ask for her, but he says, can you ask her what the, what the term muskrat means to us? It's a term that was only between her and I, and I said, okay, no problem. So I asked her a bunch of other, you know, Hey, how are you doing? Where are you? You know, the, the all the general questions I like to ask, are you Okay. And I got some beautiful responses from her that she's, she's fine. She's in the light and love is light. She says, you know, and a lot of beautiful things. And then I say, but I said, he wants to know, he, he, he believes you're coming through, but he wants to know is, you know, what does the term muskrat mean to you? And she says, um, it's in the back of my head. We had to shave my head. And that's what, that's what her, her phrase, that's what her answer was. So anyway, I send the video to him. I don't know what that means. You know, I don't know if that's right or what, but sure. I send the video to him and he goes, his, he sends me a text back. He goes, the muskrat response was perfect. She, she would hate when her hair would get kind of matted in the back of her head, laying in the bed. And she would want me to fix her hair make sure that it didn't look bad. And we eventually oh. had to shave her head. Now, if I played that for someone, now, if I played that response for someone, you wouldn't even know that that was saying it almost. Now, you would hear head, you might hear a couple other things, but you wouldn't maybe hear the full phrasing. Yeah. And you would say, how do you know it's saying that? Well, I'll tell you, I know how it's saying it because that's what it said. And then I send it to the guy and he says, it's exactly what the heck it was. (laughs) And that happens all the time. So, you know, it's wow. like, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. like a forensic audio expert in a sense. I don't want to say that, but you know, I mean, I've, I've worked so much right. on this that I do have an ear for it and I help to make it, I help to bring out the clarity so that you can hear it as well. Well, that's amazing, man. And what a story. Thanks for sharing that. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's really unbelievable what people pick up on this when they have a skilled ear uh, right. such as yourself. Now, right. we have to take a short break here on Night sure. Drift. I'm Jim Perry. We'll be right back here more with uh, Josh, and we'll get into more probably stories. I want to hear from you, too. Hit me up, jim at euphemet.com. We'll be right back on Night Drift after this. There's a buzzer that goes 
night. Jim Perry is taking your calls at 425-373-5527 or toll free in Western Washington, 888-298-KKNW-5569. the rest of the world. Lines are open. Call 425-373-5527 or toll free in Western Washington 888-298-5569. That's 888-298-KKNW. I'm Jim Perry and this is Night Drift. I'm getting closer to my appearance at the Music Box Theater in Chicago. It's on Wednesday, August 24th with Spectre Vision's Daniel Noah after a special screening of Rodney Asher's documentary, The Nightmare. I'll be interviewing Daniel live on stage about his relationship with the paranormal and much more. Please consider coming out. Links to tickets are in the show notes. A group of listeners already have their tickets. I want to meet you August 24th in Chicago. Also, if you're in the Seattle area, now airing every week is the Night Drift Archives. Fridays and Saturdays at 1 a.m. We drift overnight. It's the best of night drift. Listen on on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. KKNW in Seattle and worldwide at nightdrift.com. Night drift all weekend long on terrestrial radio in Seattle. It's great. I'm so excited about that. And if you're listening to this live right now on the radio on August 14th, at 541 and want more you can find all of this on the euphemet podcast feed wherever you listen to podcasts for more information visit euphemet.com the music playing right now men i trust i just got to watch them live a couple weeks ago oh, so dreamy french canadian it's great we're back here with josh lewis his book finding hope in the afterlife an honest account of my spiritual journey and afterlife research is available now. Josh can communicate with spirits. He is intuitive, uses devices, and also has something much more inherent. I want to ask him about that next. Josh, thanks so much for being on Night Drift this weekend. Oh, thanks for having me. It's awesome. Yeah, so your intuitive abilities. When do you remember these first introducing themselves to you? Well, I mean, I started working, um, doing, you know, not working. I started going out with my, uh, with my fiance, Nikki, uh, we were going to cemeteries with the PSB seven, the recorders and things like that. Like I said, and we were picking up responses and, 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 um, I was introduced to a medium, um, through some mutual friends and I really didn't have any experiences with mediums. I didn't really know what to believe or think about um, with them. And so I, you know, I, I was open to it and she came out, this woman, Connie, and uh, with us to one of the locations that we were already there. And she started picking up on stuff that we already had picked up on in, in recordings and we didn't tell her about. So that kind of started to verify for me that there might be something here. In a few weeks working with her, she says to my partner, Nikki, she says, uh, you know, you're going to start uh, picking up, you're going to get this ability and you're going to start, you know, uh, you know, getting messages from spirit. And, you know, Nikki was, was a lot harder to convince about this woman, Connie. And so she was already kind of like, I don't know, that, that sounds crazy to me. Mm. And 
about a month later, um, I came home. It was Christmas Eve. Um, I was running errands. I came home and Nikki said, I, I feel different. She goes, I don't know. There's something uh, I feel. She's asked me something, you know, and I started talking to her and asking questions that she wouldn't know about friends that had passed or something. I didn't tell her about. And she knew this information. So like, mm-hmm. you know, like, like a new toy on Christmas Eve. I mean, we, we just sat and talked, you know, for hours and then days, you know, hours turned into days and we were just, and after, you know, after like a month of work, you know, kind of, you know, her working with Nikki's ability and she got that I was going to get, that I was going to start picking up stuff and I started to feel things. And it was a very strange, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big I don't want to say I'm a big skeptic, but I am, I, you know, I know there's a lot of things that I don't believe, or it's hard for me to believe just like anyone that's using logic and saying, you know, this is, just doesn't make sense. I, mean, right. I wasn't three years old walking around going, I see spirits in the rooms and you know how some people say that they have that ability from birth or whatever. I didn't notice that. I didn't, I didn't have that. Um, and so, you know, um, a month went by and eventually I started to feel this feeling that I should start, you know, going and asking people to 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 ask me things and like practice with people. Mm. And I found this teacher, this woman, this PhD, Deborah Lynn Katz, and she's uh, got this school called the International School of Clairvoyance. And, yeah. and I started working with her and I became one of her best, you know, students. And, and um, um, the information that, you know, she cold, you know, she'd ask me, um, in a cold blind, like reading, you know, she'd say, she just give me a name. And uh, she said, go ahead and tell me, you know, not even telling me if they're dead or alive, just saying, you know, here's the name. And now just focus on the name and see what you get and take as much time and don't worry about it. And it was nerve wracking for 30 minutes. I would sit there and say, I see this, you know, she said this one name, she says, uh, you know, Manny. And I go, okay. <laughs> and I start looking and I see this young kid in his teens. I see this kid. He's like riding around in a desert on a quad. And I see a guitar in his room. And then like, I see a sombrero and I see, um, you know, like him hitting a joint and like, you know, and like, I'm just saying these random things that are coming to me. And after 30 minutes, she's like, uh, she says, um, Okay, are you done? And I said, Yeah, I, I'm getting all I can get here. I said, and she goes, Okay. She goes, Well, let me tell you what you got. And I said, Okay. And she goes, Manny's my son. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, geez. Oh, wow. And she's like, We live in the desert. And he rides his quad all the time around in the desert. And he has the sombrero hanging on his wall. And he sits on his bed and he plays his guitar. And I don't know if he's been smoking weed, but he's a good kid. So I trust him, you know. And I said, <laughs> Oh my gosh, you know. It was great. It was great. And many calls, many, many sessions like that. So, yeah, pretty what, cool what stuff. Do you, what do you think? I don't know. What do you think ushered this into your life? What door broke to allow this? What what was? Is there an inciting incident that allowed you to tap into this? Well, I mean, I did have a pretty wild situation. Um, you know, I mean, at the height of my drug use. I was, um, you know, I mean, I got worse actually. So it wasn't the, the, the depth, I shouldn't say the height. That's the word. That's the wrong term. Uh, you know, um, but I, at the bottom, one of my real bad bottoms, I was probably 18, 19, 18. And I had burned all my bridges. I, I, my family wanted nothing to do with me and no one wanted anything to do with me. And I, I was, I was um, driving around at two in the morning in my car, just not knowing what to do. I was crying. I was, and I was, I was asking, I was, I, I wanted to confess my sins, you know, kind of like a religious thing, but I didn't know what to, I didn't know where to begin. Right. Um, so I just like, I just want to confess my sins, you know? And, and so I, I did the only thing I knew to do. And just like drove to a church and the parking lot was empty and the rectory was closed and the church was closed. It was this little grotto area that, um, where you could light a candle and, you know, like a statue of the blessed mother was there and, uh, you can kneel down kind of thing, you know? And, um, so I cried my way into that grotto and just lit like a candle and <laughs> was just crying. And, uh, I, you know, I was saying, God, I don't know if you're hearing me and if you're real and all this, like, I didn't know what to believe, you know? Yeah. And I said, um, but I need help. I'm in, 
I'm in pain. You know, I want to confess my sins and um, I want, you know, to talk to someone. And I, and um, I felt so alone. I just felt really alone. The most alone I ever felt at that time in my life mm. and, or, it, you know, up to that point in my life. And, and out of nowhere, man, like this little old woman walks into the grotto holding this little dog and she's saying these prayers, it's 2.30 in the morning, you know, and um, uh, she she lights a candle and and she, you know, kneels next to me. And a few seconds go by after her, she's praying and whatever, puts her, she puts her hand on my shoulder and she says, you know, do you want to confess your sins? And that's all I wanted. That's it. So, I mean, if I could, if I was crying already, I was, you know, I was crying even harder then. And, and, and I, I confessed my sins to her and she took off this little, like, you know, Catholic little thing. It's this, uh, it's called scapular. And she said, you know, I'm going to give this to you and my, you know, my, my father on his deathbed, um, you know, he wore this every day or whatever. And, and um, he gave it to me, I'm giving it to you. And I said, I can't take that. She said, God wants you to have it. And, and then, you know, and she gave it to me and as quickly as she was there, she was gone. I mean, I, I, I don't think wow. she was, a, I don't know if she's a manifestation of an angel or what. Um, I think she was a real person. Okay. I'm not going to, you know, go as far as to like, you know, I saw the wings, you know, poking out of her trench coat or something, you know, <laughs> but it was a very um, angelic thing. It was what it did for me was it was the impossible. There was no way that this, there was a person going to come to my aid at two 30 in the morning. Cause I needed someone. Yeah. It just wasn't. And, right. and it was like, someone heard me, heard my prayers and they answered it exactly how I needed it in that moment. And well, I never listen, forgot what if? that. Yeah. What well, if I, I it was a, was a, was a being, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, I was I've, told later, <laughs> I was told intuitively later that it was a manifested angel. They said, and I said, well, yeah, but I still have the scapular and that's a physical item. And they said it was just sitting there on the pew. It was already there, left there for you. Like it was already there, though. It was a physical item there already. (laughs) So that's a heck of a story to, you know, I don't, I don't go into that all the time when I tell that story because I don't want people, I don't want to take away from the power that even if it wasn't that right. Yeah that it was a real person because that's what logic tells us that it still was illogical that someone showed up and said to me, their first words to me was exactly what I wanted. Do you want to confess your sins? So, you know, that's all. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. And I think it brings to light the dichotomy we often face within the paranormal, which is sometimes it doesn't quite matter if it's the real you want to qualify within 3d reality or Mm. if it was paranormal if it was just mundane sometimes that doesn't quite matter as long as i don't know the reaction that you have like yeah how how is it how has it changed someone how has it pushed things forward yeah i mean i would say someone finds a feather they find a dime you know they see a butterfly um, they say these things and they say well it's my loved one i think i got a visitation from my loved one and you've got these hardcore intellectual skeptics will say that is ridiculous you found a dime the feather was there the butterfly it's part of nature it's a nice thought the cardinal showed up but that's that's this is the time of the year that the cardinals show up or you know there's always someone to to explain away your little miracle but the miracle is this is that that cardinal showed up that dime was on the ground that feather fell on your bed or wherever on the floor and a table and you thought of the loved one yeah you thought of the loved one you thought of how i miss them how i loved them what they meant to me so that right there is completing now if i had my equipment in that moment that you found that dime that you found that feather that you saw that cardinal if I had my app or my device or I was there in my with my intuitive ability, I could pull out the equipment and I would say 95% of the time that loved one that you were thinking about would be there or would would be able to come through. Wow. So you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's wild, man. And the uh, implications of that is crazy. I mean, when we go back to this idea where 
there is this skeptical element towards anything within the paranormal. And and actually, forgive me, because most of the people listening to the show, including myself, are not that sort. So I, I don't know why I feel like it's important to kind of talk about that with some of this uh, on this particular program and with you. Maybe you maybe there's something to that i don't know well like maybe... I, I i'll say that there's this this is the thing I, um i'm not just doing paranormal investigation anymore trying to debunk things i mean i'm always objective always trying to debunk my own evidence and then people ask me to look at theirs i'll be honest and say no i don't think that's this but you know this is probably happening too or something and i'll give my i'll give my opinion but um, it's this is just the hardest thing to believe because now I'm getting stuff that is so detailed and information responses that are people will have one of two responses, one of two reactions when they see my work is that, holy cow, this is the most amazing thing. I cannot believe this is not being shown everywhere or everyone doesn't know about this or mm, this yeah. guy is the biggest fake and this is the biggest bunch of BS I've ever seen. Mm. How can anyone believe this? So you've got two very extreme things going, ha- reactions right there. Right. And and so, you know, and I'm, if you knew me and, and or if people watch me and people have watched me for the 10 years, I've been posting my videos. They've kind of, I've been, you know, growing up with them. They've been growing up with me, you know, and it's like, um, they know that I just dump my heart every time I talk about this and anything else. I'm just, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I don't have anything to hide about any of it. Um, so they know that I'm the real deal. It's just that the evidence sometimes is just so freaking mind blowing that it's just hard to process, even when you do believe yes. in what I'm doing and right. who I am. So that's, I, I, and I get it. And I think that was the point that I was going to get to was that it's because the implications to this being real for some people mm-hmm. is so wild Right. That they can't even get there. And I think that's why I keep circling back to this idea that there is substantial, a substantial amount of incredible evidence. Yeah. Right. You know, so it, yeah, it, it's, it's wild. And it's, have- and it's cognitive dissonance. You know, it's like you just, you know, two opposing thoughts can't um, reside in the same, same space. You know, <laughs> it's hard. Right, right. Now, there is opportunities for people to engage with you directly. You even have an event that's coming up, right? Can you tell us a little bit about that? We only have a few minutes left. Yeah, I mean, I hopeparanormal.com, hopeparanormal.com, hopeparanormal.com. That's everything hope-related. Um, and you can find me you know, with my group sessions. I do gallery virtual group sessions for people, uh, for patrons every month. I do private sessions, readings with or without the boxes. I have a, an event every year. I'm hoping to do more each year, but it's uh, the afterlife experience in New Orleans, um, August 26th through the 28th here um, coming up. So, you know, it's just really great stuff. And you can kind of, you know, check out my channel, my channel, and, um, um, Hope Paranormal. That's, you know, you can find everything, like I said, on the website, hopeparanormal.com. Man, thank you so much. This has been a fascinating conversation. It's great to meet you. I I can't wait to have you back on the show if you'd like to come back on. Absolutely. It was a lot of fun. And listen, in just like a minute, all right, do you have any parting words for people about what they should know, what you think they should know or consider about the afterlife? How we live does affect us. So I would say that it's not about religion. It's about you seeking a conscious contact with your own higher power, a higher power of your own understanding. Don't take anyone else's word for it. You seek and don't stop until you feel like you have found something. That I would say is the most important thing. And that's the truest thing. The only thing that you can actually take with you to the other side. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Josh. I appreciate having you on the show. And thank you for listening to Night Drift with Jim Perry on Alternative Talk, KKNW, 1150 AM Seattle. You can hear the show anytime on its podcast feed, wherever you listen to them. Go to euphemet.com for more and join us next Sunday. And until then, keep looking up.
follow Nightdrift with Jim Perry on Spotify and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to receive new episodes of Nightdrift automatically and gain access to all of our past episodes.